And because you live with your dog, it can ruin your whole day or like your whole week because it's not something that you can like put behind closed doors and revisit, you know, in a week whenever you're in a better headspace. You have to deal with them in the moment. This is the With a Dog podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, people with a dog. This is a long episode today, so I'm going to keep my intro short this week. But I just wanted to quickly say thank you to everyone for tagging me in all of your Thanksgiving posts like I asked. I did have a great Thanksgiving. Everything went off without a hitch. I ate leftovers for the next four or five days, and I'm ready to move into Christmas. And also our donation event that I was doing for the month of November for Old Dog Haven, that is officially over. Thank you everyone who did a rating or review of the podcast that then led to a donation from me to Old Dog Haven in honor of Senior Pet Month. So I think we raised actually, I haven't tallied it up exactly, but last time I looked, which was like yesterday, we raised $200 for Old Dog Haven. So thank you, thank you everyone who participated in that. And moving on to today's episode. So our guest today is Caroline of Dog Mom Mentality brand slash podcast. I really have been looking forward to having her on and having this conversation because it's officially December, holidays are hard mentally sometimes, or maybe you're thinking about New Year's resolutions that you have coming up if you're taking part in that. And a lot of times as dog parents, our mental health is impacted by our dogs and our dog's behavior or our dog's health. So today with Caroline, we talk about having kind of dog mom guilt, dog parent guilt, not leaving the dog dads out, dog parent guilt, puppy blues, resenting your dog sometimes, and how to preserve your mental sanity when your dog is maybe negatively impacting your mental or or emotional health. I've been wanting to have this kind of conversation for a long, long time, and I'm so happy that Caroline was willing to sit down and do this with me. So without further ado, a little bit more about our guest Caroline is a 24-year-old working-from-home software engineer and full-time dog mom to a two-year-old Australian Shepherd mix, Layla. Their platform focuses on motivating and empowering other dog owners to build their confidence and relationship with their dog through play, training, mental health advocacy, and exploring. So Caroline, welcome to the With a Dog podcast. Yeah, thanks, Carly. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to – this is my second time being a guest on a podcast, so pretty exciting. It's weird, like being the guest instead of the host, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. It is a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always get super nervous when I'm a guest, and and I'm like, oh, it's so much easier to just lead the conversation. Um, Anyway, okay. I agree. Well, we could definitely talk about podcast stuff and your podcast, but – 
before we get into that, can you briefly introduce yourself and your dog to the listeners? Yeah. So my name is Caroline. I am 24. I will be 25 in May. So I still feel like I'm a baby compared to a lot of the people that I talk to on Instagram um, just because they're like in their upper 20s or 30s. Um, but I feel like I can hang with them. I feel like I have an old soul. <laughs> yeah. I think you're fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm a software engineer. I went to West Virginia University for college and I graduated with um, computer engineering actually um, and biometric systems, which is another type of engineering that like really worked on like pattern recognition and like eye scanning, fingerprint scanning, like those types of things. So that was really interesting. I did like a lot of biology courses with that. Um, But now I just do software engineering um, and do like a lot of programming and coding, (laughs) (laughs) which to some people it's like, wow, that seems so boring. Um, But, you know, it's what I like. So Um, I was raised in eastern Kentucky in a town called Ashland. Um, And then I went to college and then my fiance and I moved to Lexington, Kentucky, which is in the central part of the state. And we have been together for like seven years. So a very long time. Um, And we got engaged in June and are going to get married next September. Yay! That's that's a little rundown about me and Bobby. And then uh, Layla. So she is a two-year-old Australian Shepherd mix. We did an embark test. I like just listened to this week's episode of yours and you were like telling Ashley that she should do or like partner yeah. with embark or be like a, li- a liaison. I was like, that is so funny. <laughs> um, so we did an embark. She's like a mixture of different herding breeds and then boxer randomly. Oh, interesting. So yeah, yeah. you you would never expect it. Um, it's only just like a small percentage, like 10 or 11 percent boxer but still there and she is a wild child she's definitely a free spirit and very independent um and we i'm very open that i got her on craigslist or that we found her on craigslist and some of the posts that i've done in the past have been like telling people you know to be more educated and more responsible whenever it comes to like financing backyard breeders. Um, It's something that I like didn't realize we were doing at the time, but now I look back and I'm like, wow, that sucks. (laughs) So definitely, you know, adopt or shop responsibly. So when you got her, were you specifically looking for like a herding breed or did you just like see a cute puppy and you were like, that's her? So Bobby was really like the force behind getting a dog. So he was like, I really want a dog. I really want a dog. Um, We were still in college. And this was in January of 2020. So we didn't realize that, you know, the pandemic and quarantine was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's like, I really want a dog. And I was like, okay, we can get a dog, but she has to stay with you. Um, We lived in separate houses at the time while we were in college. So I was like, she she has to – or they have to. We didn't even know if we were going to get a boy or a girl. I was like, they have to stay with you. And, you know, like you take care of them. Like I will be around to take cute pictures and play with the dog, (laughs) but like that's it. Yeah. And um, I just like wanted to be like the fun parent that came in occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) And like, oh, how the tables have turned. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
she's like my whole world now. And, you know, I, I take on more of like the responsibility just because I fell in love with it. Not because, you know, Bobby like pushed it off to me or anything, but it was just like, I stepped up and, and realized how much I liked it. Yeah. So we just were looking at all different sorts of dogs. Um, some on shelters, some on Craigslist, some on Facebook. And Bobby found Layla and was just like, that's the dog I want. So I was like, okay, perfect. Let's get it. And I didn't even go with him to get Layla, like pick her up. Was it like a so that, like parking lot transaction? Yes, type of thing? it was yeah. like a parking yeah. lot at PetSmart transaction. Yeah. He said it was like super sketchy. The woman that we did it through um, – she was like texting us off of a texting app. So we like didn't even have her real number. Oh, yeah. It was the, yeah, it, yeah. it was super sketchy. And so like, I don't recommend it like for <laughs> anyone to do it. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's more common though. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty common. Um, she's like perfectly fine. Um, and we did the embark test and we actually found her sister, her litter mate. Um, and That's so cool. it's, we, we, like received a little bit more information about her, you know, first four months of life from finding her sister, just because her sister um, was rehomed to the owner that has her now. Mm-hmm. And so sh- they were able to tell me a little bit about um, the, how, how the first owner got her, like got her litter mate and then like why she was rehomed and, and different things like that. Yeah. She was rehomed because, um, we were both told that they were going to be mini Australian shepherds, and then the dogs like just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and Layla the person that had small. her sister was like, yeah, the person that had her sister was an older lady, and the uh, lady was like, I I can't take care of like a fifty or sixty pound dog. Yeah, um, and so the person that has her now rehomed Speck, which is Layla's sister. Um, but yeah, they were like able to tell me like a little bit of a backstory just because the, the older lady that initially had her sister had more information on where they like came from and things like that. So, you know, we like pinpointed everything and put, put all the pieces together, but yeah, they're, they're perfectly fine now. They're great. So like no complaints. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, one, that's what the awesome thing about Embark is, is that you can mm-hmm. figure out a little bit more. You can try to like suss out the history of your dog and stuff, which is awesome. And then also yes. it's like, I feel like, you know, the getting the dogs off Craigslist, all that, like, obviously we do not recommend that listeners, you know, as Caroline said, but it's, it is really common. Like it's, it. It's very common. And mm-hmm. and it's nice to hear, though, obviously, that these dogs are going to happy, loving homes, like homes that are loving enough mm-hmm. to do embark tests and look into their history and things like that. So, you know, like, at least there's like a silver lining of, you know, potentially backyard do- bred dogs, at least, you know, like getting this really amazing life still. Yeah, like they're both really awesome, uh, speaking like Layla and, and her litter mate. Um, from from what I can tell, and I'm sure all the other dogs are are good too. But just like knowing the transaction that we went through and and how everything played out, I felt like if you know we didn't get Layla, like she probably would have ended up in a shelter anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Okay, so that's Layla. Wait, so how old is she now? Two. She's two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. She just turned two at the end of November or end of October. 
Okay. So she's two years old. You have gone into a deep dive of dog mom in with her <laughs> when you thought you were just going to be yeah. like the fun mom, <laughs> but, but you're like, I am in this now. Yes. Um, okay. Well, back to you. This is like our quick fire round. What are you okay. watching, reading, streaming right now? Watching, I'm watching Dancing with the Stars and Okay, so I guess by the time that this episode comes out, they will announce the winners for the season of Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. um, because the finale is next Monday. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I love, so I danced growing up. So I love watching it and just like seeing the technique and like, I didn't do ballroom dancing, but I still feel like some of the same technique and like showing your personality and like performance during dance like that still all applies so yeah. I just I really enjoy watching that and then Bobby and I are watching the morning show on Apple TV mm. um, we don't watch it like every night but we have been watching it pretty consistently um let's see reading I am reading a book it's called the emotional entrepreneur and it has a quick like short chapters. Um, Each chapter has like a very specific lesson that goes with it. Um, It's written by a younger entrepreneur named Scout Sobel. And she just kind of goes through like different lessons that she has realized um, from living with a mental illness and being an entrepreneur and just the lessons that she's learned and then giving them to you. Interesting. So it's a very good book, even if you're like not into business, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just like Almost life lessons. Some of them are very businessy, but I would say like 75% of them are just like good life lessons to live by. Yeah. No, that sounds like a really interesting book. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, what about products? Anything that you're loving for yourself or Layla at the moment? Yeah. So Layla, I feel like just toys. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody always like really comments on the flirt pole that I play with her with. Yeah. Um, so I love that. She loves a hurting ball, which if you don't know what that is, it's just like this big round hard ball. And it's like she can't pick it up in her mouth, but like that's the point. So she's supposed to like hurt it. And she just chases it around and pushes it with her nose and her paws and like just just herds it. I don't know like how else to explain yeah. it, but that she just herds it. And like <laughs> You, I say that and you're like, what does that mean? But if I like showed you a video, you would like totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice too because she can play with that and I can like – I don't have to play with her with it. So I like can stand in my yard with like a blanket wrapped around me and I don't have to move. And I'm just like, go Layla. <laughs> yeah. She just keeps going. <laughs> so that's like, the best. Because it's cold. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, um, that's really interesting. I think that's – one of those things, you know, when people, obviously, with every dog, they're in an individual and it's like nature and nurture, but like the herding breeds, like, because I can mm-hmm. guarantee my hound dogs would not do anything with that. Ball. No, they, they would be, you know, they would be confused. Yeah, they would be like, why? What What am I supposed to do? Exactly. I feel like that's so interesting. I love to hear when people have specific toys for their specific breeds play style and stuff Mm -hmm. so okay cool the herding ball yeah it was so cool too like I didn't even have to like teach her how to use it or anything it was like I just set it down and kicked it and then she just like automatically went to town oh good for her um let's do more about Layla Layla's quick fire round um what is her favorite food 
Um, she is a fan of all food. <laughs> um, I wish I could tell you like one. So, okay. One specific thing that she really, really likes are bananas. She is oh. a nut for a banana. So, like, if you're eating a banana and she sees you, she will stare you down until she until you give her a piece. Okay. Bananas. Yeah. All right. And then what is her favorite toy? Um, probably probably the hurting ball. Yeah, she's she's really crazy about it. And then she likes to tug. Um, but we tug with all different types of toys or like sticks or just random things. So if I had to pick one toy, it would definitely be the hurting ball. Is she a beach or mountains girl? Definitely a mountains. She does not really like water. So she she would like play in the sand on the beach, but that's it. Like she wouldn't go into the water. Um, and then me as a dog mom, like thinking about like her getting the sand in her eyes while she's digging. I'm just like, can you not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would prefer and I think she would prefer the Mountains. <laughs> mountains. Okay. Um, all right. Is she bossy or chill? She is bossy. She's very pushy. Okay. She, um, like, that's one of the things that we really struggled with at first was she was very pushy and I didn't know how to set boundaries. So that was, like, one of the things that we really, really worked on. All right. Does she like people or dogs more? Um, I would say she likes people more but I don't know I feel like that could be like 50 50 like I I couldn't really tell you if if she likes one or the other more but I would say she loves like getting pets by people and getting attention from people um Mm -hmm. and then with dogs like where she is so pushy sometimes she like can't she doesn't have like a good like she doesn't read cues very well from other dogs Mm. so like if a dog or like a cat, even especially a cat. Like I've seen her walk up to a cat and the cat hiss at her and she'll jump back and then she'll walk right back up to it. Yeah. <laughs> so she just like is not very good at reading cues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she's just like, play with me, be my friend. Um, so I think like she likes people better though um, and just getting all their attention. Yeah. Okay. Is she clingy or independent? She is more independent than she is clingy, but she has became more of a cuddler over the past year, which is really nice because she used to not want to cuddle at all. Interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, puppies and they cuddle and it's so sweet. But you're like, as she's gotten older and more mature, she's wanted to cuddle Mm -hmm. more. Yeah, and I think that's really because of the bond that we've been creating over the past year or so. I think that has like made her want more affection or be more affectionate towards us. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, that was all of our questions about Layla and you. Let's get into talking about dog mom mentality. So that's your podcast. Yeah. Um, why yes. did you start it and like tell tell everyone more about it? Okay. So um, the podcast itself, so like in, in the tagline or in the, the opening, I say, if you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. <laughs> so I really like wanted it to be an intersection between dogs and mental health. 
And it actually started out as a Instagram live series where I discussed what it was like to be a reactive dog owner. So I didn't like branch out into other other aspects of how a dog could affect you. It was more so just reactive dog owners. So yeah, I really just started discussing the emotional welfare behind reactive dog owners and like specifically reactive dogs and like kind of the behind the scenes and like what people don't see. Um, Really like peculiar, peculiar things with reactive dogs and training. So like with Layla, I had to do a lot of training with skateboards. So like I did just like a lot of really random weird things with skateboards because she was very fearful of them. Mm-hmm. And that's like the kind of stuff that you wouldn't normally see. Um, but if you're like walking down the street and a skateboarder comes by and your dog freaks out, you know, people people see that. People yeah. see your dog freaking out towards the skateboard, but they don't see like the random things that you do with the skateboard inside your house or like in your garage or on your street. So I really wanted to get like the behind the scenes that people people do with their reactive dogs. And then I realized, you know, dogs can affect you a lot more than just, you know, reacting and, and what th- that kind of like reactive dogs that people see or people are focused on on Instagram. So mm-hmm. I wanted to branch out into more of like rehoming situations and talking about loss and the different life lessons and um like the like how I said how Layla kind of taught me to set boundaries and that was like one of the things that we really worked on. That's like a life lesson that she taught me that I also wanted to talk about on the podcast. So more than just reactive dogs, but just how how your dog or a dog has emotionally affected you and your life and, and the lessons that you've learned from it. So that's where we are at today with the podcast. I think First of all, like your entire mission with the podcast is so amazing because, I mean, it's so easy on like Dogstagram and mm-hmm. on the internet, you know, like 10 out of 10 good boy and oh, my life is better now because I have a dog and things like that, which is like, yes, true. But also there is this whole other side of it of like how your dog can emotionally affect you negatively too, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of positives, but they're also are like a significant amount of negatives. And it's really easy for a dog mom or a dog parent to, mm-hmm. if they're not in a good place with their dog, to be dragged down by that relationship. Yeah. Like, and because you live with your dog, it like can ruin your whole day or like your whole week yeah. because it's not something that you can like put behind closed doors and revisit you know, in a week, whenever you're in a better headspace, you have to deal with them in the moment. Yes, that's so true. It's like, if you're not getting along with your roommate, and it's like, well, it's staring you right in the face. And even more so because it's so easy to blame yourself, too, because you're like, well, Mm. like, obviously, the dog, you know, like, it's this is my fault, because I'm the one who trained the dog or didn't train them, or, you know, I'm Mm. the one who takes care of them. Yeah, that's that's a really hard piece, um, especially like the I'm not doing anything. So like, yeah, it is my fault because I'm not doing anything. I'm not taking the time. And I feel like a lot of people um, do like to blame themselves. And I always like I'll get like a comment or a direct message. And, you know, it'll be along the lines of like what like I'm doing something wrong. Like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Like I need to vent or like I'm not doing enough. I yeah. feel like that's a lot of a lot of what people feel like I'm not doing enough training or I'm 
not doing X, Y, and Z, or I can't do X, Y, and Z because of my surroundings, whatever. And I always like to tell people because I felt that myself. And I always like to tell people if you're like thinking about it and you're doing something, then that's good enough. Mm -hmm. Like that's a good start. Like you're not going to make, you're not going to make a difference overnight. Like if it, if it's something with dogs reacting to strangers, like you're not going to make a 180 overnight. Yeah. So I just like to tell people if they're doing something or they're like even thinking about it, then like that's a really great start because a lot of people would just brush it off and try to try to put it off for the next day or Mm -hmm. like try to get it off their hands in some way. Yeah. Especially if, if the, those people are even just like reaching out to you being like, Oh, what can I do? Or like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Then it's like, well, obviously, as you said, it's on your mind. So you Mm -hmm. are doing something. And yeah, yeah, there, cause there are a lot of people. I totally agree that would do nothing or or not even recognize mm-hmm. a problem. I was I was yeah, on a not walk. Not even like be aware of it. Yeah. Like I was on a walk the other day and there was a German shepherd who was like lunging and getting really reactive to another dog who was on leash. I mean, they were both on leash and the German shepherd owner literally like it seemed like she wasn't even aware that that was a behavioral problem and it wasn't just like Mm -hmm. oh i'm so excited like play you know bouncing around like i'm excited to see this other dog it was like actually like it was it was pretty like intense i don't know i i mean i don't know this Mm -hmm. dog and it was a one-time thing so i can't say if it was like aggressive or like anything like that but it was definitely Mm -hmm. a reaction but i was there i was like this girl i was like oh my god she's not even redirecting her dog she's just like kind of holding on to the leash and kind of like tugging her dog away but like not even really she was like also looking at her phone the same time and i was just like i was having this like own thing over here in my mind of like uh and but yeah it's just like some people don't even know that their their dog is maybe displaying a concerning behavior. Yeah. And like whenever I see something like that and the the owner is just kind of off in like la la land, I'm like that I, that sucks for the dog because they're like obviously in a very heightened state of like anxiety or fear or something, mm-hmm. um, something like some negative emotion. And the owner just, you know, for lack of better words, like couldn't even give a shit because yeah. <laughs> like their dog just is, you know, they don't care. Like you said, they're on their phone or whatever. So yeah. And it's just, I mean, like, obviously, that was like a one time thing. Who knows if maybe every other mm-hmm. time this dog mom does, you know, address the issue and maybe mm-hmm. she just was like lost or something looking at her phone or who knows. But, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's so hard to to make that judgment. But um. But yeah, I definitely agree. If people are interested enough in their dog's behavior to be worried about it and to for it to be emotionally affecting them, then mm-hmm. that means they just care so much. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's a good way to put it. Is like if if you're even thinking about it, then you do care and you you are doing something. You might just like not realize it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, so since you have this great community of people who are emotionally affected by their dogs. Um, I feel like I feel like it's like a mean girls quote, like raise your hand if you've been personally like victimized by yeah, your dog. Yes. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that would be such great merch. Like raise your hand if you've been personally victimized yeah, by your dog. Raise your hand if you've been emotionally 
or yeah, or just like emotionally affected by your dog. Yes. I yeah. like so I guess like if you've seen my like graphic, the tagline underneath is um play with dogs, not emotions. Mm-hmm. And there is <laughs> there is a song. You probably won't want to like add this in, but I feel like I have to tell you now. There is a song and it's by Doja Cat, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it one day and there's a part that goes like play with my pussy but don't play with my emotions <laughs> and I was like oh my god I'm gonna use that <laughs> I'm sorry that is so, so like, good <laughs> so I'm like yeah play with dogs not emotions <laughs> okay this is the this is the vibe we need to we need going into like 2022 this is this witty vibe of dog moms play play with your dog not emotions I love that yeah Oh my god! You can add that. You cannot. I don't care. But I'm I was going like, to. I just, yeah, I like have to tell people that. I feel like I was like in the shower listening to music. I was listening to like ladies' uh, Spotify playlist, yeah. and that came on, and I heard that, and I was like, yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Do- Doja Cat <laughs> is so great too. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well. <laughs> Since you have this awesome community that you're encouraging them to play with their dog, not emotions, what are the top like mental slash emotional health concerns plaguing dog moms that you feel like you've talked to people about either through your DMs or on your podcast? Like what are the top, you know, concerns, I guess, that people are having? So I read this question like in your brief and I like really – went back through my feed and kind of like analyzed like what what are people drawn to um it was a really good reflection and like I love reflecting (laughs) and so I just like I love doing this I love this question um and so overall I just like want to throw out there I think mental health in general can just be talked about more um I feel like people you know always really appreciate that just because it is like such a taboo um topic for some people still. Mm-hmm. And and I hate that, but I think like the more you talk about it, the the better it gets in terms of people, you know, speaking out about it themselves and and being more open to talking about it or understanding it. Um so just mental health in general, you know, it can come in the form of a really cute dog picture and that's okay as long mm-hmm. as it gets out there. Um so I was looking back and kind of analyzing like what what are people drawn to? And I really feel like it's the things that everyone feels or or most people feel, but they don't want to talk about or they don't know, like they don't want to yeah. say it. Like they feel like it's like like the mental health. It's like the taboo stuff to say. It's like the things that you say to your like partner or like your mm-hmm. partner behind closed doors or like write down in your diary that you like don't openly talk about it. Yeah. So – Because no one – I mean it's so hard to like say that out loud, especially what I was saying with like the – dog community like dog online you know like dogs are great everything's great it's really hard to be like yeah i hate my dog right now or or whatever feeling that people are having yeah so i understand that it's like usually kept to yourself yeah so there are like two posts that come to mind that i've like or two topics i guess you could say that i've talked about that people like really just were drawn to and it was they were both like the you know everyone feels it, but no one says it type of thing. So one was like resenting your dog or like feeling resentment towards your dog. Um, 
And I was like to a point that I, I felt like I was resenting Layla um, this time last year or, you know, a little over a year ago, um, especially because it was so easy, I feel like, to feel that way because she, like I didn't really want her in the first place mm-hmm. or not that I didn't really want her, but like, like I said, you know, Bobby was the one that really wanted her. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that like you get her, you take care of her. And he started going on work trips. And so I like was fully responsible for her for like a week or two at a time. And that's when I was like, I, I didn't sign up for this, you yeah. know? And so like I started feeling that resentment. Like I didn't know how to set boundaries with her. I didn't know how to train her. Um, she was very fearful, reactive. And so it was kind of just like the, I didn't sign up for this. Like, like why is this like burden being put on me? Yeah. Um, and so I like, you know, there was like a lot of things that came that I like, you know, changed my mindset and like got to where we are today and like fell in love with training, like started training her. I was like, oh my gosh, I like love this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that that topic was kind of just like the feeling of resentment and then like turning things around to where we are today. And people like really resonated with that. They were like, yeah, I have felt like this with my dog before. Like it is mm-hmm. so tough. Um, it is so frustrating. And I'm like, yeah, like I totally agree. Like I still have moments of that, like not to the degree that we're where we were this time last year, but there are still very like frustrating times. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the things that people just don't don't talk about. Um, and then a post that I put up just recently was about like not taking your dogs out if you just don't feel like it. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's partly because of the expectation that you see mainly on Instagram. You're like, take your dog out to patios, like practice with them. Um, you know, everyone's doing it kind of thing. And I definitely did fall into that mentality at one point that I was like, we need to practice, practice, practice. So she can go out to patios and be at restaurants and we can take cute pictures. And Mm -hmm. I can say that she's a patio dog. And we were practicing a lot for, for a little bit. And then some of those practices were good. And some of those practices were bad. And I could tell you when one of those outings was going to be a bad experience based on my mindset and her mindset prior to us leaving. And I kind of learned like if I'm in one of those bad states or like she's had a bad day and like trigger stacking, like why even try to take her? Like it, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to set either of us up for success. Yeah. Um, and then I would get the comments of like, why didn't you bring your dog? And then it's like, you know, do you want me to explain to you like all the things or do I just say like, I just didn't feel like it. And then they're like, oh, you didn't feel like taking your dog out. And then it's like, do you not love your dog? Yeah. I love my dog, but like, it just like wasn't the right time or place this time. Yeah. Um, Well, and like you get people who like, I've definitely talked to other people at like a brewery or something like that. And I'm petting their dog. And they're like, oh, yeah, like I have two at home. And they're like, oh, why didn't you bring them? And I'm like, yeah. And yeah, like I didn't want to. Or or they or they assume that your dog is like, oh, they're not behaved well enough or something. And yeah. like some people just can't grasp that sometimes you don't want to bring your dog places. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's more work for me sometimes. <laughs> no, it is. And I think a lot of it, too, was that. You know, I will take her out, but I know prior going into that I'm going to be managing her. 
And it's like sometimes I just really don't want to manage her. Like sometimes I really just want to enjoy my food and the people around me and like not have to have kibble dust on my hands while I eat my cheeseburger. Yes. That's just something that like I think about. So the fact that, yes, you're like constantly having to like reach in to the treat bag and give the dog treats. And even if they're behaving well and stuff, yes, you mm -hmm. have like kibble dust on your hands and maybe they're drooling on your leg too. And you're like, well, there goes my super cute outfit. And Mm -hmm. yes, I 200% agree. Yeah. So I think it's like one of those things where it's like, Everyone feels that at some point, just no one has said it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, okay, so switching back to what you were talking about earlier, the resentment part, or I remember your post about that, and Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. I was like, oh, dang, this is so true because, you know, and it's it doesn't even have to be like a significant resentment. Like I think a lot of people assume – or like think like oh i don't really have a reason to resent my dog like like they're they're so well behaved or they actually are fine and you know i'm not dealing with any you know reactivity issues or like medical issues or like whatever but sometimes just that like lupin has woken me up in the middle of the night to go potty at like 2 a.m. i don't get back to sleep for whatever reason and then the next morning i'm like look, I'm a little mad at you. <laughs> you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, like, I am grumpy all day today. And I didn't get enough sleep. And, and it's so it's it like, it's fair to resent your dog, even for like, small things, I feel like and obviously, like temporary yes. resentment, you know, if it becomes like an actual like, concerning thing, then you know, that's something to address. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, I think it's like normalize being mad at your dog, not like taking your anger out on them, but like resenting them. Yes. You know, sometimes they mess up your life or sometimes they mess up your plan. No, for for sure. Like even like I would say that where I was at with Layla at that time, um, it was like a, it was forming into like a true like resentment for like, you know, a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. But even like this past weekend, I um, – I was out of town and Bobby was watching Layla and she had diarrhea Mm. and he like really wanted to go out and do stuff, but he was like, I can't leave her in the crate for eight hours. What if she has, you know, what if she uses the bathroom in the crate? And he was really mad. He Mm -hmm. was like, I mean, I can't be mad at you because like you, like you being Layla, like he was like, I can't be mad at Layla because her, her stomach's messed up. Like I can't help that. She can't help that. But like, She's ruining my weekend. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to go do X, Y, and Z, and I can't. And so yeah. he's like, you know, I just have to hang out with her. And he's like, I really wanted to go do, you know, whatever he was wanting to do. Yeah. So even moments like that, that you know, it's just the little things that you you can get frustrated with, and you're like, but you know, I have to be responsible because you know, I I took this this on. I took this um, life or living thing on so I have to be be responsible for her exactly and it could also be like a I feel like so much a it could come in so many different forms you know as you said Mm -hmm. like messing up my plans or you know what I said 
yes. you messed up my sleep or, you know, something like that. <laughs> or you messed up, but like you messed up my house. There's dog hair everywhere mm-hmm. and I need to clean before people come over. And like, oh my God, look at my super cute coat has fur all over it. Like yeah. there's like all that. And then there's also the monetary aspect, like the amount of mm-hmm. surprise medical things that Lupin has had. And we had to shell out money we did not plan on shelling out. And then because of that, we had to maybe not go on a trip that we wanted to mm-hmm. or we missed, you know, like I've we talked about this, uh, Mike and I, my partner in um, what was it was the episode like our biggest dog parenting mistakes. Oh, yes. Like the Christmas stuff. Yeah. Right? And we and we had to like miss a wedding another time. Mm-hmm. Like we had this whole plan, you know, and it was just like, great. We missed this wedding we were looking forward to for one of our friends and instead our dog was like on death's door and mm-hmm. we had to spend lots of thousands of dollars and mm-hmm. on on helping him. And so it was like, obviously, you do whatever you want or like you do whatever you can for them. And then we were like, of course, whatever will mm-hmm. save his life. But but also it was kind of like at the end of that, I was like, damn, I'm a little like I'm a little mad about this, yeah. you know? No. And it's like it's a valid feeling. And I, I have felt it at times, too, if we're, like, on the road and, you know, we want to meet our friend um, at a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we could take Layla, but she hasn't really had a great day. And, like, we could take her and she might be a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, or we could take her home. But if we take her home, then it's like, what's the point of us driving back because it's an hour or something? Yes. You know, it's just like – it's one of those things where I'm like, well, I really wish that you were like a go everywhere kind of dog all the time. And like sometimes you are, but just like on that particular day, you weren't because, you know, X, Y, and Z happened beforehand. Like we ran into a skateboarder and you freaked out and you yeah. had to go to the vet the day before. It was like all these things added up. And I was like, you know, I know you're not going to be the best at um, a restaurant or like maybe you are good, but like I can tell that you're stressed out, which makes me stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I can't help that that's like your personality and your feelings because you're entitled to your feelings too. Yeah. Even though you're a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's like, man, I just, I just wish that you could mask your feelings for a second so that we could just go to this patio or go to this restaurant and not have to take you home. (laughs) Yeah. No, 200%. Well, and the fact that they, you know, sometimes it's harder to have a dog and like go home for the holidays because th- mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm doing. Like I'm having to drive down for Christmas instead of fly down. And, you know, and it's like I don't necessarily resent the dogs for that because it is a little bit of like that's just how my life is. But it would be very easy to mm-hmm. like I think sometimes as well. Um, speaking of other emotions that – Basically, I'm going to use you as my therapy session um, right now. (laughs) But like speaking of other emotions, I feel like dog mom guilt is something that isn't talked about enough. Like, or at least that's something I really experience. Like sometimes it's the resentment, but a lot of times I feel so guilty. Like I feel like I'm not doing enough for them. Mm -hmm. And even though it's like in reality, I probably am. But I know that a lot Mm -hmm. of other people have kind of like talked about that with me too. It's just like, oh, should I be doing this? They're displaying this behavior. And and then you feel guilty. Like it's just like this overwhelming like, should I be doing more training? Should I be doing Mm -hmm. more 
like, am I feeding them the right food? Like, they seem healthy, but could they be healthier? And then Mm -hmm. you feel guilty for not pursuing that or having the right, having the time or the money or whatever to make their life even better. Yeah. That kind of goes back to the point of like, like if you're thinking about it or like you're doing something, then like that's a good start. Mm-hmm. And like guilt is is inevitable. Like you're going to feel it. But I think it's like the interruption of th- this is like super therapized. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like the interruption of the feeling to like acknowledge that you are doing something. Mm-hmm. Um you know, with your dog, whether that be like you're, you're, you are setting aside time to play with them and maybe it's only five minutes, but you like wish it was 15. Yeah. But like you're setting aside that five minutes and you're thinking about it and you're being really intentional, intentional about it. So like you are doing something. So like acknowledge that and be proud for that. And like then maybe next week you can try for like seven minutes, you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever the case may be. It's like, Small incremental changes do make a difference over the long run. So, yeah, you know, if you feel like you're not doing enough and you do have that mom guilt about, you know, not spending enough time or like not feeding them the best, you know, maybe just try like for for one of their treats being like a little bit healthier, mm-hmm. you know, a single ingredient or something like that. And then it's like over time, maybe you can change to doing raw or whatever it is like yeah. if that's your if that's your goal yeah um but like rome wasn't built overnight so i feel like i think that's such great advice and i definitely want to put that out to all the listeners as well is like what you said about just doing a smaller percentage because sometimes mm-hmm. i think we have to be like it's so black and white it's like you're either doing nothing or you're doing 100%. Yes. And it's like, well, what if you only have the capacity to do 20% for for like years? And it's like, that's okay because it's still 20% better than what you were doing mm-hmm. before. And so that's what I've ch- been trying to adopt, especially as Lupin gets older and he's kind of like, especially with his senior care, you know, I've been like, like he needs more supplements, he needs this, but it's really expensive. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, do I do this too? And, but I think like what I did, like a compromise I made for myself was just one of his meals a day. Mm -hmm. I switched to kind of like a homemade meal. I was like, there's no way I can make a homemade meal for my dog, an 80 pound dog with all of the supplements and all the stuff for every single meal. Like I don't have that capacity time Mm. or emotional or like any of that and so I'm like look just one of his meals is like that and I'm like great check he gets kibble for the other meal and and I'm fine with that and you know what our other dog gets kibble for both meals and Mm. because he's not at the place where he needs a bunch of health help right now yeah and and I feel like doing things like that became really freeing for me and and that was something that I have really been trying to take on this um, this year. And, you know, especially also with like training, you know, mm. pe- you see so many amazing people, amazing dog parents doing such amazing training with the dogs and they're like flipping up in the air and they're doing all these yeah. different things <laughs> and they're becoming desensitized to these sounds and these, you know, materials and objects and yeah. like all that, which is great. Like that is like, that's nothing against anyone who's doing that. But I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I don't. Yeah. Really, <laughs> but then I feel like I should. And that's where the guilt comes in. So instead, yeah. 
every day I do a training with Albie for like five minutes. I'm like, great, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And that's like the, that's the 20%, you know what yeah. I mean? And like the 20% over time because, and now this isn't everyone, but like a lot of people will get on like a kick where they do like a lot of training mm-hmm. and then it only lasts for like a month. Yeah. Um. So I think, you know, I'm not saying that's everyone, but like, I feel like there are some people that are like that. And it it is really easy to compare. Like the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, a mantra that I found though that I, I really, really like. Um, I found this a bit ago and I've been kind of like saying it to myself or writing it down, whatever, is just because you see someone else having something does not represent you lacking something. Ooh. Yes. It's like so good. I'm like, this yes. is amazing. So it's like just because they have their dog desensitized to X, Y, and Z, just because like you you also might not have that yet, like you might be like you might have something in another area that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, balances out. Um, but yeah, just because you see someone else having, it does not mean or it does not represent you lacking. Yes. I love that quote. I think that's so can really be applied to so many things in mm-hmm. dog world for sure. Yes. I mean, and like personal world, you know. Of- yeah, like social media, especially like it's it's so easy to like see someone else and, and compare with like numbers. Yeah, because the numbers are out there. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, that's what something I was just talking about. In my last episode was like this like comparison spiral and like oh I'm not doing this and but it's like when I reflect on it like look at how much I do have or like look exactly. at the successes yes. I have made. And yeah, I think that's so good, especially with the dog thing. You know, what I was just saying about like a bunch of people doing a ton of training and stuff like that. Well, it's like maybe their dog needs that training. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe their dog is reactive to certain things and needs to become desensitized to them. You know, so I see that on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, like I need to be doing more training with my dogs. But then when I take a step back, I'm like, but actually they're, they don't need that type of training. Mm-hmm. Like they're not reactive to these things. They maybe they have other issues <laughs> that maybe mm-hmm. I can work on. But it's like, oh, just because someone is doing it out there does not mean you need does not mean your dogs need that too. Yes. So it's like, yeah. I think that's it can be applied whether it's like training or food. You know, if your dog is like ridiculously healthy, happy, doing well, does not have any food allergies on their kibble, then like you don't need to switch to raw or, you know, like whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't need to do that even just because you see it you know, on, on Instagram. And so I think that's something that we can definitely get into the spiral of, of just like, you see it, you think you should do it, but you're, you, you don't actually need, like, it doesn't actually apply yeah. to you. Like they're doing that for a specific reason. Yeah. I'm like that with the, yeah, like you said, the raw food a lot. Um, I'm like, should I not feed her kibble? Um, but she's like perfectly fine on kibble. Um, and, but it is something that I think about. So For me, that incremental change has been doing more like raw treats or or freeze-dried raw treats. Yeah. Um, instead of like fully switching to raw because it's it's very expensive. It is. It is. (laughs) Very expensive. Yeah. I think I think it's like if you can just do that little amount Mm -hmm. for your dog, whatever it is, 
then it's like if you feel like you need to do it, if you feel like it would improve your dog's life or your life, then it's like, yeah, just do a, a small percentage. And it that totally makes sense. Um, another thing that I've kind of heard people – I'm on this one Facebook group and it's like a dog mom thing. But a lot of people have been posting, I've noticed, on like – it's either people post about food allergies – or some kind mm-hmm. of allergies, um, which, you know, it has been definitely my, maybe not passion project, but something I've been thrust into the world of because of Loopy and all of his issues throughout the years and food allergies. But two is the um, puppy blues, like people posting being like, oh, my God, I got this puppy. I'm going insane. Like how mm-hmm. like I did not realize the amount of work. I didn't realize the time. They're displaying these hit behaviors. Is that normal? And you can just like like you can tell people are posting because they are at their wits end. And it's like yes, this it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So I personally um have never had a puppy because I'm afraid of all of that. And mm-hmm. and because I know I will get overwhelmed and I don't know if I want to take on the amount of work a puppy is. But did you feel like that with Layla a bit with like the training so and all of it? It's like actually a really interesting combo and situation because she so we got her about like 13 weeks, which I guess is like between 3 and 4 months old. Mm-hmm. So, um like she was still still very much a puppy. Um like potty training pretty easy. Like I'm not going to say she was like the easiest, but she was pretty easy. Um, crate training really easy. Yeah. Like she was a really good puppy. Um, and then we like quarantine happened. Um, and then I think this is a lot to do with it too. Like quarantine happened and like we were in our final semester of school. We like didn't really have anything to do. So like Anytime that she, like, barked or whined, like, we were right there, mm-hmm. um, which can be good and bad. Yeah. But we just, like, were always there to, like, cater to her needs, I guess you could say. So, mm-hmm. like, it was never never a problem. Um, and then we moved to the house that we currently rent. And that is when she started experiencing some of her, like, fearful reactivity type stuff on walks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then – whenever so so like her actual like puppy like stages like the things that you think of with a puppy like she was fine um yeah. i don't remember like it ever being a huge problem like yeah we talked about poop all the time but it was never like <laughs> it was never that never ends yeah like, yeah there there was a point in time where i like thought to myself we were probably like a month in and i was like are bobby and i ever gonna talk about anything but layla like no. i remember being like <laughs> what like can we have a conversation that is not about Layla and her poop? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love how now you have a podcast to purely talk about dogs too. So I know. It's like just lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's – yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she was fine as a puppy. And then like I would say about eight months, eight or nine months, she like started having like the fearful reactivity towards like skateboards, scooters, um anytime that like we were in like a really like congested area or like there was a lot of people on the street or on the sidewalk mm-hmm. she would just get like super fearful and flighty so like she would just want to go to like the end of her leash and 
run away. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't like barking at anything. Yeah. It was like like running away. Yeah. Um, and that was like a lot to deal with because I was like for first I was like, where is this coming from? Like, what are you doing? Like I didn't know how to like recognize triggers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was kind of just like annoying because sometimes it would feel like it was coming out of nowhere, even though I could diagnose what it was coming from now. Yeah. Um, just at the time I didn't know. But there was like one instance specifically that it happened and I just like empathized with her so much because I felt like she was having the same feelings that I have whenever I have an anxiety attack. And I just like empathized with her so much. <laughs> and I was like, I wouldn't wish these feelings on anyone, especially like a dog who's mm-hmm. just innocent. Um, and so that was like one of one of the turning points for me where I was like, something has to change. So at that time, we just started walking like only on our street. And then around like the 10 to 12 month mark, she started like being extra pushy and just like testing out all the boundaries. Um, and that was like, she had like chewed up part of her couch. First time she had ever done anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, was that like 10 or 11 months old? First and only time, I will say. Yeah. Um, and then she's around this time. We also had like some outside factors really affecting us. So the house that we rent, the landlord decided to sell it. And so we were having people come in and out all the time and that like really freaked her out. And then she started like hating her crate because of it. Um, so then we kind of had to do like re crate training at like a year old. Um, and yeah, that was that was a lot. Yeah. So, like, really, her being a puppy didn't affect us um, or didn't affect me. She, she, like, wasn't, like, that bad. But, like, the 10 to, like, 12-month range was, like, hell. Yeah. <laughs> Living hell. Um, and that was um, also around the time that I, like, had a mindset shift and was, like, I need to get my shit together and like really start working with her and like working on our relationship or else. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have a bad day literally every day because I can't get rid of you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) that's, that's kind of the whole spiel. (laughs) I think, yeah, no, I think that's, it's so interesting because as I said, you know, some people are experiencing this really like hellish puppy phase from like month, really early on. Yeah, like month two to eight or something. And then mm-hmm. but then you're over here like, oh, puppy phase was actually pretty great. It was just a little bit after that that it mm-hmm. all went to hell. And so I think that is so it, it's just points to everything we've been talking about like this whole time of everyone's experience is different and one Mm -hmm. people one person may struggle with this one thing and another person may struggle with a completely different thing down the line and both of those experiences are completely valid it doesn't mean that either dog parent is doing something wrong in Mm -hmm. that situation and and i think that's the thing too is like you know when people I was saying like posting in this Facebook group and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like puppy is crazy. And and then they're like, none of my friends are having this issue or I've talked to my friends and no one's having this problem. It's like, yeah, because maybe they have to struggle with something else. Like maybe their dog Mm -hmm. is going to have a lot of medical issues down the road or like who knows. I also think that like 
Instagram especially has just like painted this perfect picture of how like a puppy should be um, or like what a dog should be. And then anytime that your dog or your puppy doesn't live up to that expectation, you like freak out. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like for everyone listening, I feel like a way to potentially mitigate some of these problems is to go into dog parenting with like a plan of what would fit your lifestyle. So that's something that I I actually haven't talked about it on the podcast in a while. But like, I used to work in an animal shelter and as like an adoption advisor. So I have a few episodes like back in the day of like how to adopt a dog. And one of the main one of the episodes is like, decide what's going to fit for your lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. so Layla being a herding breed, ridiculously you know, smart and they have a certain play style, all that kind of stuff we talked about and usually does need a certain amount of like training and stuff like that. Yeah. My hound dogs, at least the ones I have, pretty, pretty minimal. Like, I mean, they need some training, but like I knew that that was not something I could take on. So that's why I kind of lean into this breed. And um, but don't get me wrong. They have other things that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I'm more okay to deal with though or like same thing with the puppy blues like if you're not equipped at this time to handle a puppy like look into adopting a a middle-aged dog or like Mm -hmm. a few years old or something like that and um, not that it's necessarily going to be easier but maybe it's something that you know you could handle yeah at the time yeah um yeah like you said fits your lifestyle like fits more into your expectations. Yes. Um, I feel like a lot of times people just really have a hard time going against like what they think the grain is and like going against their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you either have to step up to the challenge or you have to, you know, change something, whether that be your what your expectations are or you like have to change, you know, what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, yeah, for so. sure. I think I think that's like I mean, of course most people listening to this are probably already already have a dog. So they're probably not like, you know, at that stage of thinking about what they want in a dog if they adopt or get one. But mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like that's like the more message that that's spread around is like if you can help yourself ahead of time, maybe (laughs) hopefully you know help with some issues down the road that you could experience yep exactly um okay well we have talked about so much today caroline (laughs) thank you for this awesome interview um i have two very important things that we need to cover at the end okay or a couple whatever one um so you're a software engineer yeah i'd like to ask um spaces or tabs (laughs) (laughs) No one's – everyone's going to be like, I don't get it. Um, my husband is a software engineer. And so, oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. I've picked up some stuff over the years. Very few That's things. so funny. Um, <laughs> so wedding planning, how's that going? It's good. Um, I actually – like as soon as we get off, I'm going to call this caterer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like – I've been pretty chill about it and I like knew going in 
that I didn't want to overwhelm myself Mm -hmm. um, and that I, like, wanted to make it as much as about, like, Bobby and I as possible, which, you know, that sounds like why why is that even, like, a thought, like, the wedding is about you all? Well, I, like, have to be intentional about it or else, you know, I will let people persuade me into doing all sorts of things. Yeah. So um, we're doing a smaller ceremony with just our parents and grandparents and then, like, my best friend and his best friend. And then going on our honeymoon and then two weeks later, we're doing a bigger, less formal reception. Event. Love it. Okay. That is so smart. I love the fact that you're going on the honeymoon first. Yeah. Because (laughs) I think that is like you'll come back and you'll just be like, we're married. We're good. Let's party. Yes. I love that. I am so obsessed with weddings. It's – um. Like when I was planning my own, it was mm-hmm. – I loved it. It was like literally the favorite – my most favorite thing I've ever done. Um, I – like so many people are like, oh, you know, it's overwhelming and – which don't get me wrong. It definitely can be. But I don't know. I was like – it was so awesome. I was seriously considering becoming a wedding planner after – Really? Yeah. I was like wanting to. But then I realized that I would have to plan like other people's weddings and what if mm-hmm. they wanted like – I don't know. Something ridiculous. Yeah, like a Seahawks <laughs> theme or something or like a NFL like the- I was like, "Oh no." Like I was like, "I don't want to put together like things that I don't actually like." <laughs> so Yeah. So I was like, eh, "Maybe not." But yeah. Well, I think that's like kind of how I am too. So I like not that I want to plan, but just the mentality of like I have a really hard time setting boundaries <laughs> and like it's something that I learned with Layla and that I like it has translated into my everyday life and so I like had to set up this boundary of like this is about me and Bobby like we're making decisions you're not gonna make a decision and then like push it onto us kind yeah. of thing so a lot of my planning has more so been like I plan it and then tell people like hey these are my wedding colors Mm-hmm. You didn't get to decide because I decided, yes. like, type of thing. Um, and I had to be, like, really intentional about that or else I would kind of, like, let it get out of hand. And that's just me. Like, I just know myself. I was very self-aware of that. Mm-hmm. So I had to, like, set that intention going into it. But it's been really easy because of that. And I've really yeah. enjoyed it. So No, that's so like, good. We have, we have our wedding colors. We have the venues for the – ceremony which is like a cabin and then the uh reception which is like a bigger you know event space (laughs) um and i have my dress we have the colors um i'm working on florals and catering right now yeah um and then after that i feel like all the big stuff are kind of out of the way and um then it'll just be like sending out invitations and you know, like decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I've sent out my Pinterest board to my mom. And so I'm like, these are your like this is your criteria, like this is your boundaries. <laughs> I'm like, don't try to uh don't try to put like chevron on anything yes. <laughs> or something. <laughs> That's just like one thing that I thought of, like off yeah. the tip of off the off my head. So yeah. um that's yeah, so true. she's she's very like she loves to do that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I hate to tell you that like you're not going to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I just want to make sure that I look back on it and remember 
like I chose to have this kind of stuff. Yes. I think that was something that was really hard for me of um, I loved doing everything myself and being in charge of that. As you said, like being intentional with like all the decisions and making sure that it was like what I wanted and kind of what Mike wanted, but like whatever. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And but also my family lived in California and the wedding was up in Seattle. So it was really hard. I still was like, how do I make them part of it without like, you know, like letting them just run wild with with an Mm -hmm. idea. And and so it was like, yeah, it was having to be like intentional about like, okay, here's the parameters and Mm -hmm. do with it what you want but clear it with me also. And um, awesome. Okay, well, thank you for talking weddings with me. I know all the listeners, you're like, this has nothing to do with dogs. I'm sorry. Oh, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very important thing we needed to cover. Yes. Um, Okay, cool. Well, just to round things out, if people want to find your podcast, find you, where can they do that? Yes. So everything is dog mom mentality. So podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, Spotify and Apple, um, and then Instagram, Dog Mom Mentality, all one word. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again, Caroline, for this awesome conversation. I feel like we've been circling each other on Instagram for so long, so it was nice to I know. Officially- I'm excited, and I hope to have you on mine here soon, too. Yeah, I would love that. Well, um, if everyone wants to follow this podcast, it's at With a Dog Podcast on Instagram. Facebook, TikTok, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. If you're on Apple, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and drop a rating or review. I would love that. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.